0: Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Mel- Dave Melton. Oh, forgot my name for a second. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. I am the site manager here at Second City Hockey. It's been a few weeks. We took last week off for, for the holiday with some travel going on, but all of my lame- line mates have reassembled. I, I can't talk tonight, so I don't know what's going on. This is going to be a ride, folks. Everyone strap in. Uh, but, yes, all my usual line mates are back and with me this evening. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Shepard Price. It is. Shepard Price.
1: Hi. As a UT alum, uh, it's just my duty to say that with their wonderkind gone, Oklahoma is going to need to hire a boomer sooner.
0: I see what you did. I see what you did there. <laughs> you did there. Uh, well, Brian Kelly's gone to LSU. Um, maybe you can get Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati before Notre Dame steals him. Uh, he's too young to be a boomer, though. So, um, how about Matt Nagy? How does that sound? I I would be perfectly
1: comfortable with Matt Nagy going to the to the Oklahoma Sooners. So, so would, would I.
0: So would yeah. I. I would I would yeah. quite enjoy that right now. That that would be lovely. Um,
1: as long as as long as uh, the as long as college football trades us John Harbaugh in return to the Detroit Lions, okay. not John, Jim. That's yeah, fine. He yeah. finally won the big one. He can move on from Michigan <laughs> yeah. be an actual head
0: coach. Yeah, exactly. Because all, all Michigan's doing is setting up to get slaughtered by Georgia in the in the final. Also with us this evening, he is the second city hockey. What Steve Savage is the stole away. It is Mil Savage. I am the exact
2: opposite of what Steve Savage <laughs> is the stole away. I actually I, I do everything that he doesn't do. That's why we have to that's why we have to combine. oh uh, yes, but thank you for the shout out. We are the modern day tears for fears. Savage garden. Let's get it.
0: Modern day tears for fears. That's great. But um, everybody wants to rule the world. So uh, if you
2: listen to this and you play MHL, I got an Xbox and I'm at Millbox 20. So fight me in NHL.
0: That's well done. Uh, do you Are you also like Rob Thomas that every single song you've ever written, you are scared of something?
2: Yeah, but Rob Thomas is better at it and I can't pull off the hoop earrings. Well, I do love Matchbox 20, though.
0: Matchbox 20 is great. That, that's, I feel like that's universal. Everybody at least likes at least one song by them, for the most part. But they at least know it. Or they at least know it, yeah. Everyone, you hear 3 a.m. come on the radio. You know that jam. Uh, Mill, by the way, is on Twitter, at Mill182. And the last line made of the evening is not on Twitter, but you can find all their stuff at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR. It is Betsy.
3: I was just sitting here trying to think if I knew a Matchbox 20 song.
0: You're not that... Young. you have to know i them.
2: guarantee you know 3am i'm m. sure Park. i
3: do but like like you know how you know songs you, you hear mm-hmm. them and you're like oh not only do i know this but i know all the words well yeah. i couldn't name a matchbox 20 song well if you don't yeah, know i'm matchbox
0: that young 20 song then you probably know uh the song that rob thomas did with carlos santana because it is smooth and it is delightful smooth.
3: i know who rob thomas is if that helps well <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> kind of that's a good start
2: <laughs>
3: Real um, their
1: best song is called Real World. I recommend it. I don't
3: know.
0: 3M. 3M is hard to beat. I know of Matchbox Twenty. I don't think I've ever heard of Matchbox Twenty. I think 20. all right, this is I think this is starting to be more of a generational I, thing than a row. I
3: definitely I'm the same age as Mel. Um Smooth. Okay. <laughs> I definitely know Smooth by Santana.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, well that's that's the singer of Matchbox Twenty.
3: Yeah, I, I like I said So you, in, so in, so in, you kinda
2: you heard them if Santana was in their band, basically. It's a great song,
3: um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could. Like, I'm sure if I heard, a song, I'm gonna go listen to some songs after this, I promise. And I'll see. Yeah. You if I can
0: just start with 3 a.m. and work yourself down the Spotify list. I'm sure. I feel like 3 a.m. should be their number one song on Spotify. If it's not,
2: either, either that or push.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go 3 a.m. But uh, real quick, before we uh, dive into the hockey talk, I, I just want to quickly circle back with everyone. Um, since we are the internet's best hockey-themed food podcast, uh, I just made that title up for us. It was confirmed in the Nielsen ratings. We're just going to roll with it. Uh, how was everyone's Thanksgiving dinner? Did you eat a wildly inappropriate amount of food?
1: Yes. But to be fair, I didn't eat the day before, so I preserved it.
0: There you go. That's, that's a veteran move right there. Mill. what about yours? Uh, I got really drunk. Also acceptable. Oh. Betsy?
3: I <laughs> uh, actually did not eat a whole lot because there were way too many, f- way more family members there than there should have <laughs> been. Um, and one of our sides was weird and different, was a broccoli dish. Um, like I don't we had
0: broccoli I- too. Was it like a broccoli casserole type of thing
3: or... Um, it was called Tuscan broccoli. Um, um, it looked, it looked like broccoli crazy. with some type of cheese. No, it was good. It just—I'm not sure. We needed those and green beans. I thought green beans were like green bean casserole was like oh, yes. the designated yes, right. green vegetable oh. of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Why we had both of them? Um, because Honey Baked gave us one of them for free. I don't. We get we got our uh, Thanksgiving for Honey Baked ham. So, which okay. actually, broccoli?
1: recommend broccoli on the thanksgiving table makes me uncomfortable and i don't know why
3: <laughs> that's what i that's why i was like this is weird it's one of their normal like side dishes but i'm not i wasn't planning that was weird that we got it for that but they were like you get an extra side my mom just was like yeah sure mm, interesting hmm. So all right. Well, we've order.
0: got we've got another holiday related food topic that we're going to dive into at the end of this podcast. But I guess we should talk about some Blackhawks hockey because mm-hmm. it has been two weeks since we were all gathered on these airways to discuss uh, this this team and their. It's it's such a weird ass season. Like I can't believe it's only been twenty one games. So we're effectively at the quarter pole of the season. Feels like. I feel like that it's been going on for at least three years at this rate. But since we last talked to you, which I believe was, what was that, like November 16th, two weeks ago, something like that, the Hawks yeah. managed to win, or excuse me, they've, they've, they've won three of six. One of them was in overtime, so three and three. I think I said, I feel like I said at the end of the last show that if, for the Hawks to keep things interesting, eight of 12 would probably be the bar, and they got six of 12. So, <laughs> so, so things are not great. Um And I, I, I think that the two, I, I was you, you, the hope was that they would steal a point or two in the games against Edmonton, Calgary, and St. Louis. And they stole both against St. Louis, but then promptly shit the bed against San Jose on Sunday night. So here the Hawks sit seven, 12 and two, not in a playoff spot, not really close to one either. And the, the proverbial, uh, bar of teams that are not in at Thanksgiving that usually don't end up making the playoffs at the end. Uh, The Hawks are in that club of not making the playoffs. There's seven points out. Uh, It's not great. So what we wanted to do this evening is kind of do, focus on one side of the team in particular that has been scuffling of late. And it's gotten to the point to where it's uh, pretty much gotten all the attention at practice and and all the beat reporters and all the comments. And that is the offense because the Hawks have only scored in the last five games. They have scored eight goals. That is an average of 1.6 goals per game. If math serves me correctly, and that's uh, not great, Bob. So what we're going to do, it's a very simple question. I'm going to make each one of you guys the head coach one at a time. We're going to start with Shay, and we're going to ask you, how do you fix this offense? Uh,
1: are we doing that right now? Right now. How are you going to fix uh, this offense? Oh. Would, I would either wave or trade Mike Hart. Uh, I don't even – <laughs> right? We're already taking people Hardman. off. Get rid of Hardman. <laughs> Get rid of Reese Johnson. <laughs> Took my answer. Uh, Go ahead, get get rid of them. I don't want them. I don't want them around the team. I don't want them on the fourth line. Get them out. Get them on my team. Um, <clears throat> one of the one of the most common fourth liners can actually play play hockey, and that's Ryan Carpenter. Uh, it is inexcusable that Philip Kershaw was just sent to the Rock, Rock Rockford's. So you pull him back up. Uh, you fired Derek King. Well, I mean, I'm I'm head coach, so Derek King's done. Um, I would I would try and fire my boss, which is Kyle Davidson, and find an actual GM. Um, I just I do not like current management at all. Uh, I, so yeah, Philip, Philip Korosev comes back. Lucas Reichel, whenever, whenever he's done uh, with concussion protocol, he's coming up. Um, he's too good to leave down there. Uh, Ian, like, I, I, what? What does Eric Gustafson provide? Because he's supposed to be providing some offense. I don't, I don't, I don't I feel, see I feel it. He provides laughs. I feel like that.
0: Question yeah, is I, I, that I, Mark I replaced Alada him with can So uh,
1: yes. I'm, I'm waiting. We're waiting for Kalanick, but till, till that time, I call you Mitchell up, come, come play hockey. Uh, it's time. Um, and then, you know, put Dylan Stroman and Alex the together again. Uh, maybe Borgstrom, maybe, uh, Kane. Um, but yeah. And then Doc and Taze are going to play together with Kubelik. Um, Kubelik needs to get back to goal scoring. And I think giving him two playmakers should do that. Um, And then it hopefully it teaches Doc how to play with a center who needs help because Taves doesn't have a goal this season. Um, So giving him another playmaker and Doc should hopefully help that.
0: Well, and I will put a pin on what you're saying, because the, the lines of practice on Tuesday, also known as earlier today, uh the top line was Taves, Kane, and Hagel. And then second line is it Doc, and Strom. So – that's that's That sounds like it's not far away from what you were saying No, the, the top six. Right. I'd,
1: I'd just put Q, Kubelik where Hagel is because I think Kubelik needs to score more goals than Hagel does. Uh, in, in and in a, in a good team, and a good Blackhawks team, the Kubelik's getting 30 to 35 goals. Uh, and I think pff, probably playing with Kane and Taze helps them do that. Um, and then the power play is just atrocious. Uh, I would tell them to actually shoot the puck, judging on their performance against San Jose. Um, and uh, put Kubelik back on power play one because the power play ran through him last year when they were good. Um, and they, it should, he, he is an effective power play player and should have the puck on the power play and be shooting. Um, so, and him and Dabrinkat should be like the two opposite wings.
0: So it sounds like the the general theme of what you're saying is just better utilization of the talent that the Blackhawks have. Would that be a fair? Yes. Okay. So now I want yes. to turn
1: it- uh, although I would also have, Never traded for Seth Jones and have you well, know gotten Dougie <laughs> Hamilton who went crazy on spilled. on hockey fights cancer night. You're- he who just who just went insane. Um So
0: I I I just uh, I, I you, you've got a decade of Seth Jones. Just just get used to it. Just telling you. Uh, but. I so I want to take that theme of general just better utilization of the talent the black Ops have and turn to Betsy because yes, Shay took your your Reese Johnson answer, but I you've been adamant about this whole thing and and I've seen you mention a lot related to quality of competition and how that is affecting everything. So I would like to we're going to clear the floor, the space is yours, just <laughs> just, just just go ahead and I'm just okay. gonna, I'm going to sit here and pop some popcorn while you talk.
3: Okay, so. I don't want to make a big deal out of quality of competition, like like it's the end of the world or anything like that. But part of the reason that teams have, and successful teams have checking lines, is to occasionally free up the other, like the top lines to face lower competition. It works extremely well. It's just really an effective way to roll things. The Blackhawks do not have a checking line and to pretend that like, say what Reese Johnson, Hardman and Carpenter were like say in San Jose is a checking line just because they are quote unquote, checking players is a lie. Okay. It's a fucking lie. They faced the lowest quality of competition, the entire game, pretty much. So they're not helping anybody um, by taking low comp being able to deploy one through, like, to line up your lines one through four on purpose is dumb. Um, I don't know how to say it any differently. Your top players are always going to get the highest quality of competition. That's just the way it is. They play way more than everybody else, so they're going to see the other players that see it. But there is a reason that Marcus Kruger to Patrick Kane was the most common line change during the successful years of Chicago. There's a reason – that Boland was so effective at flipping the ice and then helping get other players on the ice during like the 2010 year. It works really well. And right now they don't have that and it's not going to help at all. I'm not saying that's going to save anything, but you should at least try it. And I was excited when King first got here because he said something about matchups and he even said, you know, trying to get Carpenter out there against, you know, help with the checking role. And then a couple of games in that just went to shit because you put, they put ineffective players with people like Carpenter um, and it didn't work. So they couldn't play them against high comp. So that's the reason you get rid of people like Reese Johnson and Mike Hartman is because Mm -hmm. they don't contribute offensively in a traditional sense. And they can't help with the checking role because people what they don't understand on that line is you can't just check. Well, you also have to flip the ice. It has to be meaningful checking. So if you're just hitting someone, but the puck is not going back to a Blackhawks player or getting out of the zone, it's not actually good. It's it's, (laughs) it's
0: just hitting for the sake of hitting. Yeah. and Hitting for a purpose, hitting to separate player, uh, opposing player from the puck. So you get the puck back.
3: And and I'll, I'll even say that there, the two goals that that um, the fourth line have scored in the, in the last couple of the games before the last one, um, that's what you mean by effective checking. Reese Johnson and Carpenter played along the boards, and that's the reason that worked. Or uh, Hardman and Reese kind of spooked um, the goalie into flipping it up, you know. And they were gimme goals because the goalie was, like, way too far out of the like it was crazy but you know that that's effective that's like one out of every 10 times either one of (laughs) those guys go in the corner otherwise it it doesn't turn the puck over enough and it's it's frustrating to watch because they both have possible skill sets to be useful players but putting them in the lineup right now when they're not when they're like half baked isn't good for them they should both be in the AHL honing that to work well so that it can be useful at a higher level and, and so i think i think it's a disservice to them and a disservice to the blackhawks
0: and from watching the ahl like if you need a league where you're going to teach guys how to forecheck after the puck is dumped in put them in the ahl because all they fucking do was dump the puck into that league oh my god i watched a good chunk of the ice hogs and wolves game saturday night because it was on tv locally and i wanted to watch lucas reichel uh this was before he got hurt so don't blame me for that but it just like unfathomably i maybe not just kind of boring because they dump the puck so goddamn much. Get to the blue line, dump it in. Get to the blue line, dump it in. It's like somebody skate the goddamn puck into the zone one time. And, and yeah. I think Reichel did a few times. And Alex Nylander
3: did too, actually. I thought. Do you know was- who does really well from the blue line? Uh, Regula? How do you okay. say his <laughs> name?
0: I like thought it was a- going to be somebody weird, but Alec. Alec. No,
3: no. Oh. He actually for he had such, such such good little rushes when I was watching him in these games. And I was like, damn, he can skate for a really big guy. He's not fast or anything, but he's got moves. Anyway, I'm gonna stop admiring some of the, the defenders.
0: <laughs> Real quick before I, I bring Mill after we've probably taken all the good talking points. Um if oh, I you're got gonna, points, Dave. Okay, good. If you were gonna build a checking line out of the Hawks like Rasa right now, who who would be on your checking line?
1: Kyra, Carpenter, uh Hegel.
3: Say say those again, Shay. Kyra, yeah. Kyra. Kyra?
1: Kyra. Kyra. I think it's Kyra? Kyra? I don't know. Uh Carpenter Hagel.
3: Not bad. I wouldn't mind flipping an int whistle in there. Mm,
0: yeah. um, Who has been out with an injury, so.
3: Yeah, and once he's once he's ready. Um, yeah, that sounds good. I actually didn't mind Kershaw down there either because Kirchev is more skilled than fourth line, but he also knows how to grind and, again, has effective checking. Um, so it's not that big. I mean, Tara Vinen played on the fourth line a little under cue because he could do that, you know, even though he was smaller and people gave him crap about his supposed, you know, weakness, like they were all like he's soft. He was really effective on that role because he knew he had good positioning and mostly used his stick very well. Um, Kershev has a really smart stick and he's got good body positioning. He's just not scoring. Um which, you know, sucks. He can go down to the AHL, maybe get a little bit of confidence and hope something happens. But yeah, I agree with Shay. I like his line. But if if you wanted Hagel to stay in the top nine, I'm I think it Whistle could do it. They need to figure out if Int Whistle can do it, is the well, other thing.
0: Well, and the thing like you mentioned about like Tavo once playing on the fourth line, that I, I thought that was the kind of the point of the fourth line is like or one of potential point is using the fourth line to bring up your young guys to expose them to the NHL without like throwing them in, Hey, play 20 minutes a night. No, we're going to give you like 10 to 12 on the fourth okay. line, get your feet wet, and then we'll bump you up as you figure out how the league works.
3: It de- I
1: mean, that's what the fourth line should be in 2021. When you want to roll four lines.
3: Yeah. It also so depends, in Colorado on the, last year. It depends on what the role of the fourth line is and what the player is. If it's a finesse player and they just don't aren't suited for that role, put them on the third line and just play them less minutes on a, on a, uh, offensively skewed third line. Um, and Patrick Kane or DeBrinket or somebody can pick up the extra minutes on that line. It's a hundred percent what they did when they elevated Tara, Vine. Tara Vinen played on those, both those bottom six lines a couple of times when he had lower minutes and it worked out great for him. And they would just flip in Kane to take his minutes when he wasn't, you know, like, it's not that big a deal. Um, I just, like I would be fine with that for like Strom since they're having some issues with him. He could play on the third line and you flip Kane into him for him if that's what you wanted or Kershev put him back on the third <laughs> line, but have him rotate with um, DeBrinket or something. And it works really well too, because then it means Kane or DeBrinket are facing lower comp with another line. And it gets them against, like I said, against like the schlubs, the, the bums and they might be able to knock in some points. Patrick Kane scored a ton of points when he double shifted with Shaw in yeah. 2013. I think he scored more with Shaw than he did with any of his other two primary line mates that year.
0: All right, Mill. Anyway, sorry, Mill. Mil, you've been awfully quiet. So let's uh, let's let you have the floor here. Go go right. You said you um, got points, so
2: have at it. Well. I agree with everything you guys just went through, but to me, I honestly don't give a crap who's on the ice until they start playing the way they need to play because their neutral zone play is a big steaming pile of shit. <laughs> and if they don't fix that, it doesn't matter. They, and here's, here's the thing. And and you guys talked about some of these things. I know Betsy's always said it. They need to be better about breaking up zone entries or just break them up at all. And also the point about like, hitting to knock your opponent off the puck that starts at your blue line. And then you have to have a structured neutral zone, uh, formula, uh, you know, when the Hawks were good, obviously they had so many different great lines. Sod was like the ideal first forward into the zone. You have to, your late man has to know where uh, he's gotta be. They don't, uh, like they don't have any flow to their game. Their transition game looks just kind of wherever everybody is. And if they can fix that, and crash the net, you're going to get garbage goals, you're going to get opportunities. High danger chances are not always pretty, but that's how you score goals. And if they don't start fixing that kind of stuff, to me, it does like, I don't think the matchups and all that's going to matter.
0: So, uh, that is, because, like, they've been, I feel like they've been harping on this on the broadcast, and and I feel like it's come up a lot in press conferences with King. (coughs) excuse me, where he's talked specifically about the neutral zone, and and setting up, it looks like they're running the one two two with one Ford up high, and then the two other Fords and the two men behind them. And it, it, it looks, I feel like it's better than it was under Colleton. Is is are you is is that fair to say? Well, well, the the
2: the thing is, it is. But to me, it's not like um, it looks mad. It's not aggressive. Like they they don't have any. They got to make the first move. You know what I mean? They, they it feel like they could make the first big.
0: move, Conway.
2: Well, yeah, no, but you, that's a good, good reference, but that's kind of the truth. Like, okay. You have to be aggressive at your own blue line and then turn it on going the other way. And everybody knows, has to know where they're going to be. And the Hawks are kind of playing conservative, like peewee hockey, like let's drop back. And yeah, I'm happy that they're keeping, you know, trying to keep pucks out of the slot, but like for fuck's sakes, you got to go score and you're in the NHL. Like you should know how to play. This isn't, you know, eight year olds.
0: It's so like it sounds like what you're what you're saying, Mill. If I can uh, summarize this briefly, is that they, they've made their game too stupid and too simple
2: to score. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're not giving up tons of goals every night, but it's like that. Also, I mean, they have a good goalie, but like. I mean, you know, you guys are seeing it too. Like, I mean, the numbers aren't good either, but like you can just watch it and they just don't like, you don't think they're going to go down and score every time they they get the puck back.
0: It's, it's certainly been a more boring style of hockey since Derek King has taken over for sure. There has been significantly less action uh, on the, for the Hawks on offense, for their opposing, for their opponents. Like I feel like there has not been a, a glutton of players wide open right in front of the net. Like there had been, during the colleton era so so that's nice but it, it almost sounds like they have overcorrected on on the defense like they've they got so worried about defense that they crippled everything else
3: yes uh can i also point out real quick that this is like deja vu because the same thing happened with colleton when he of his second year Um, Everybody was like, oh, yay, they're better defensively. And they were marginally like they are now marginally. But the the problem was nobody could fucking score. (laughs) So this all feels very deja vu, including player usage to me. And maybe that's just how AHL coaches are and they should get a real one.
2: Well, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing. That's like the point I was trying to make. It's like, this isn't the a like,
3: yeah, exactly.
2: And and you have like, we could bitch about Reese Johnson all week and that's fine. But like the majority of the guys on their roster are NHL caliber players at least. Yeah. You, they know how to skate. Some of them not particularly well, but they can <laughs> skate. They know how to hold their stick like this. Like again, this isn't the AHL where half of your roster is tomato cans. And the other half are guys who are going to be up in the league in two weeks.
0: Yeah, it's it's like they're trying to do. uh, You know, you popped in NHL twenty one, and you're playing the tutorial when you could just put it on All Star or whatever the level is above that, and and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I I, so this this leads into the next topic I wanted to dive into. It's related to like the on ice philosophy of Derek King, and it, it looks like the the people above him, which mainly is Kyle Davidson, the interim GM, and. My initial thought was going to be I had a thought about playing some or thinking I was going to be playing a devil's advocate to what the rest of you were going to say. And we're going to see where it goes, because through this conversation, I'm I don't know. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to gather thoughts and we're going to come back and talk all about that on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the second city hockey podcast network. And as promised before the break, wanted to dive into a little bit more of a philosophical debate with the Blackhawks in terms of what they're trying to accomplish since Derek King took over. And this is kind of related to what we were, what we were approaching on the end of the last segment that Mill brought up with how they're playing like an AHL style game. And, and, and I I think I said something like they may have overcorrected. Cause my, my thought is if you watched the first 12 games of the Hawks this season, like I, I think the goaltending was bad, but I I think the biggest issue with the team and maybe the, in like the last two or three years of the Colleton era was they were the defense, the, the, to that, the defensive coverage was just atrocious. And so they were like, I, I feel like Derek King, whenever he got promoted to head coach was, either from watching the Hawks from afar or the game film that he studied after he became the head coach, he just watched this team, watched the the highlights and just decided, I don't know what else I got to do. But number one, I got to fix this fucking defense because it is goddamn terrible. And he's just started there and is going to work his way forward. And I don't know if I necessarily, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea to do that Perhaps they have overcorrected, as I've mentioned before, but uh, I don't know who if anybody has thoughts of that or responses to that. But just my initial thought is like if the head coach came in and decided I got to fix defense first and we'll worry about everything else later. I I don't know how bad of an idea that is. So somebody tell me why I'm wrong.
2: Well, as a Steelers fan, I can tell you, but (laughs) that's a different sport, but it's the same idea. Well what what do you mean? Well like when you defense wins championships and if you have the best offense you are going to score a lot but if you have no defense you're screwed. However, if you have like an amazing defense but you can't score, you're also not going to win games. So you have to you have to deal like kind of delegate some balance. You have to figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. You know, uh, so the Hawks they need more scoring, clearly. It's pretty apparent, right?
0: Well, well, I and I feel like now they have recognized the problem that they are not scoring, and now they're trying to do that. Betsy, I heard you speak up, so... Paralyze the Hawks. They never scored. <laughs> Go ahead, Betsy.
3: I was just going to say, like, how much have they actually improved defensively that okay. is, as a part of a coach's strategy? Because, so... Obviously, we, we all notice that they're, they have better puck management and they're not chasing guys behind the net. Um, they're not leaving guys open in the slot, which is all very nice and everything. But those are like basics. If you just told hockey players to go out and do, most of them would do naturally. So okay. I'm not sure I'm giving, willing to give that much credit to the coaching staff, especially since Derek King very much said, I'm, I just told them to go out there and play. You know, um, go out there and do your stuff. And the He's team rat hockey. <laughs> the team immediately started to improve. And then he said that they were focusing on the slot, which is great. Except there's still a ton of shots coming from scoring chances. You know, they're they've they've moved up from being like dead last in expected goals and high danger against um, per sixty, but they're into like middle of the pack, which is good. That's good improvement. But it's also the smallest sample, so it also means that you can skew it a lot easier. But their scoring chances, which is anything in the house, and even their low danger chances are the same. Or technically, I think the scoring chances against are about a little bit higher. So, yeah, they're keeping them out of their slot, but they're, they're not possessing the puck that much. Except for in the Sharks game, they, and the and the blues in game. And the blues game. They did they did good jobs there. But again, both those teams got a lead and then sat back and kind of let yeah. the shoot from afar. And the only the reason they won the blues game is because Flurry kept them in it until the point that they needed it. And then Hagel shot got tipped. And it's mm-hmm. the only the only thing they could get through. And they couldn't get through on the, the Sharks because the Sharks just kept them to the outside. So if a team knows that you can't score, that's what they do. They're just going to be like, "Sure, shoot really from afar, but we'll keep, you're not going to score anyway."
2: Yeah, this is so, the same yeah. thing as basketball coaches saying, "Just let them shoot threes. We don't care."
3: Unless that team has Steph
0: Curry, then they're fucked. Well, not in the NBA. <laughs> I know. Can't, I know. Like, you
2: can't you can't touch a guy not a guard him, but like you you go to high school games a lot, Dave. I'm sure you see that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it it, it is it is a sound defensive strategy that if you have a team like the Hawks that are scuffling, like just, you know, protect the house, keep everybody in, t- in tight, keep them, you know, outside the dots and up near the blue line. And you're not going to score a lot of goals from there. You know, like, you know, guys like the guys that are the goal scorers on the Hawks, the Canes, the Brinkets, the Cuba leaks, like they're not going to score from the point. Like they're going to get, you know, open things up in the middle. Shay, I heard you speak up a little bit. If you wanted to offer some responses
1: yeah, I again they haven't improved that much in terms of defense. They are still allowing the same chances. Like I, the improvement is not there, and they've just moved from bad to boring. And I'm not willing to make that trade. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, because like the, the looking at the four quadrants that have sort of become famous, that like the good, fun, bad, exciting. I or b- bad, boring. Mm-hmm. Like they're both. Uh, there's three. Not even. They're not even, yeah, they're not even evil. At least be no. evil bad. <laughs> no. Like I they are It's it, I I I am of the firm opinion that Derek King is an AHL coach who is co- coaching at an NHL level and that does not work.
0: Well, <laughs> that's two in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I mean I guess the the good news I have for you is that he still has the interim tag so so there's that I
1: I just I don't like that he that they've already announced that he's going to have that that tag for the season. What like I, you're you're not like if you if you, find, if you find the right guy tomorrow, you're really not going to hire him? Yeah. Well,
2: they that. might be waiting for somebody to get canned.
3: Yeah, I think I I don't mind them waiting. If somebody walked up to them and was a great coach, sure, but I would like them to look at people that are currently employed. There are some like, I don't mind them picking from like Sweden and stuff like that if they want to, but my thing about defense is that the best defense is having the puck. And, yeah,
1: and the Blackhawks don't do that.
3: And they, they've done it in two games, but once they had the puck, they didn't know what to do with it is the problem. So like you, you have to teach them what to do with that. If you're going to actually have it and it be meaningful um because when they don't have the puck they're a little bit better they're more structured at least but it's not helping their goalie that much because just because flurry's not seeing quite as many high danger chances doesn't mean he's still not seeing a lot of chances i kept saying this in the the comments but if flurry put up league average numbers in the games that he played those first five he played he would have lost four out of five of them if the blackhawks had lost four of those five games would anybody be saying that? Be even saying, "Yay, De- Derek King" at all? Right. No, it's well, because yeah, goaltender is working. the
0: biggest statistical difference in this team in the Carlton era this season and the King era this season is the goalie save percentage.
3: Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. That's the that's the biggest number that has changed. So, I, I guess this this is me. I'm, I'm trying to find something to be optimistic about because I don't have much like, like deep inside. I have this creeping sense of dread that this team is fucked this season and for the next decade. So I don't want to go farther down that road. We can do that show in in, in March if we need to, but so I'm, so I'm trying to find the optimism here and the optimism I've, I've landed on is that maybe just for eight games, you get flurry, bails your ass out, you know, all those games in November, maybe December, something finally clicks from the a coaching perspective or something on ice. I don't know. Like maybe I don't, I don't know. That That's the only optimism I can, I can reach for now is that something that the new coaching staff is trying to implement clicks in the next few weeks. And this team goes off on a real bender of eight to 12 bender would be like what they did the first few weeks, the opposite of a bender, like winning like eight of 10 or something like that. Cause that's, what's going to take to get them back into the playoff chase.
2: You do know this is a black Hawks podcast, right? Dave? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, optimism, yeah.
1: uh, optimism means uh, being thankful that Stan Bowman lottery protected the pick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jesus. You know, here's the thing with the Hawks though. It's like as bad as they are in not great position, the West kind of sucks.
3: Yeah, I would.
2: Like Nashville's it's, coming back down the earth, you know. It's, it's like a whole
0: lot of mediocre teams. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, it's like they're all crap. I'm sorry, the Minnesota Wild are the top of the Central, and I just, uh, I know, I know, the Minnesota I know they, Wild are okay. They're legit. Actually, you know what? I still, I don't, I, I, I will believe it when I see it, and I just, you can't convince me. Like this is like 15 years of of watching this team. Everybody telling me, oh, this is the year the Wild are going to be good, and then they aren't.
3: So, I would love, I would love if the Hawks were playing like the Wild are right now. I'm, they're 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 playing exciting and they have the puck a lot and a large share of their expected goals. So yeah, I would just telling you.
1: I I'm getting getting as many. Goals. I cannot
0: wrap my head around the Minnesota Wild being a good hockey team. It is, is un- part of
1: it is part of it that like Ryan Hartman has as many goals this season as Alex Brinkett does. But let's like, let's
0: awesome. not let's not go down that road. I didn't realize he was up to like twelve goals. Yeah, but if he was a Hawk
2: now, he'd be shitty too. Yeah. Who cares? That's
0: yeah, I'm I'm not it's, like and he he got traded, he got he got traded from Chicago, got traded again, and then he's like on his third second or third team via free agency. So it's not like the Hawks missed the boat on him. He just something is clicked in Minnesota and good for him. But
2: I think he stinks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a Ryan Hartman fan, so you guys, you know.
2: Oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't like him. I just mean he smells. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I saw hair. him.
3: Before. I just his hair looks amazing, so I don't think that's true. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm pretty sure when I when I went to that that ten-one game, I think he had five points in that game. Oh, that, that <laughs> oh he did.
3: Shoulder. He, he Schmaltz <laughs> and Kane um, lit up. I
2: was like, who the fuck is this
0: guy? Yeah, oh, Those those are good days Those are good days wow. Right now, right now it would take the Hawks a month to get 10 goals
3: I wish the comment section still existed Because like I was like really annoyed About the Ryan Hartman trade Back then because everybody was like it's for a first And I was like it's for a late first Do you guys not Bud-An. understand I like Badan But it was kicking the can down the road And has he impacted the team yet No well, He's still young but it's been years
2: well, I mean, the list of guys who have impacted the team is pretty short to start.
3: Because they're, yeah, but that's because <laughs> they've trading them before. They never, yeah. developed, like, that's a whole other topic.
0: They're like, literally all gone. I feel like we've done that episode.
3: <laughs> we have, and it just, it just, read the rhyme it keeps on. happening. I know. It brings <laughs> it back around. We have to do a uh, version
0: 32 electric boogaloo for that. Bowman's trading first round picks or reclamation
2: projects is equivalent to watching TV land. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh no oh, it's it, I laugh cuz it hurts. Um I mean I, the only the only good news is that like there's an entirely different regime and even like Kyle Davidson has the interim tag so that's the, the only weird part like with the head coaching thing is like like if if you want to hold off on the head coach fine but I feel like you need to hire your hockey person. Are we sure that Davidson's a real person? No yeah, I saw him I saw him on TV in a few interviews. Well, I haven't seen him like in person yet.
3: What if he's just an actor?
2: Yeah, it could be. Yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of these actor actors,
2: Danny Wirtz is one of them. Doesn't he what look what a, if, a little TV? He looks a little Hollywood. You
0: know, <laughs> I'll. Uh, I, well, I guess we'll have to do some investigative reporting uh, for Second City Hockey, first time ever. Of uh, he's
3: only like like two, like three or four years older than some. Of, like <laughs> he's that's walking,
0: why I'm not. That's, that's
3: me, why I
2: don't. So. That's why I don't think he has a job in hockey because it's usually you have to be like seventy
0: or or a good last name. Or, or yeah, like a garbage son. Mm-hmm. They or, Bowman or a, or
1: a or a former hockey player. Uh, Bowman though, didn't
2: play. Uh, former hockey player was the best GM in the league. Bowman didn't play, but he's a garbage son. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Uh, he I didn't bite anybody, though.
0: <laughs> I, I I got I got nothing for that. Uh, so I'm going to make an awkward subject change and really quickly just say, uh, at what point? Do we fairly assess Derek King's error, like twenty game mark, right? So basically, we're going to give Derek King the month of December to figure shit out, and then uh, I guess if 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 the only thing that's saving the Hawks is uh, a a nine sixty save percentage from their goalies, then we can start the fire Derek King chance at Bulls games and Bears games and don't ruin the Illini Bulls for me. Night basketball games for some reason. No, no wrestling shows. Wrestling shows. Wrestling like, what? shows. Look. I, like I, I don't.
2: That was ridiculous.
0: The fact that people amazing. are chanting "fire Nagy" outside of Soldier Field is really dumb to me. I, I, if you want to do it, I guess fine. I just you can do it. I'm gonna sit here and tell you you're stupid for doing it. It's a dumb thing. Stop doing it. Again, thank you for coming to my tent. <laughs> he's just, he's <laughs> just
2: Matt Nagy is just a less famous Mark Trustman.
1: You're, you're. By the way, you're welcome for not firing him this week. For not beating you, you're welcome.
0: Oh yeah, thank you. Well, oh, by the way, hey, I'm just saying, Matt Eggs had more playoff appearances than uh, the the Blackhawks coach who just got fired. Well, okay, they're even, but yeah, whatever. They're
1: even because he made the playoffs and yeah. won a game against That's the not. Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, well, he did it.
3: Corey, Corey Crawford won a game against the Vegas Golden Knights.
1: Yeah, I mean, he beat mm-hmm. them like by himself.
0: Yeah, Corey Crawford be the head coach? Why not?
1: No, you holy mm-hmm. coach. Although, w- although, why would you fire Jimmy Wade? Jimmy, uh,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, that's the one good coach that we know they have. I don't know about think Corey,
2: Corey Crawford should probably, probably get along with me. We seem to both like drinking and going to shows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we can go see Rise Against, absolutely. All right, they're good uh, live. So let's see. We've got uh, we've got a lot of games coming up. I've, the month of December, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna find out all, all about this team. All these things that we these hypotheticals where we talk about. Well, we just need to see more games. They, they got a lot coming up. I mean, the next three weeks, the, the excuse me, the first 18 days of November, they have 10 games. So they play pretty December? much. Yeah, December. Did I say September? Yeah. You said no. I said I can't talk. I don't know what happened to me. Yo, uh, Ove- Ovechkin
2: might have five on Thursday. Uh, if you're listening to this Wednesday, tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they got, they're on the road. They play the Capitals Thursday, the Rangers Saturday, the Islanders Sunday, and then they come back home and play the Rangers next Tuesday. and uh, And we'll see how it goes.
3: So Derek King, 21 games would be Christmas Eve, Eve. So um, essentially before Christmas is when, like, by Christmas. Oh, we have all right, him. so
0: we can, so if we need to start the fire <laughs> Derek King campaign, we can do it on <laughs> Christmas Eve. I, if he still
2: has the interim tag, he's probably going the whole year and then just oh, not. He
3: is, but we'll like, complain yeah, about him. He's
2: got the whole year. I'm but just, he's not going to get hired, like, after that.
0: Well. Never know. Stranger things have happened. Never, never, know. never know.
2: Jeremy no, Clinton got a
0: two-year extension after okay, like, but oh. that
2: but Stan Bowman's gone, and I think that they know enough Kyle, now.
0: Kyle Davidson. I do not trust team.
1: the Stan Bowman groomed heir. I yeah.
2: do not
0: trust it. That's true. Like I I I, I want it, you want to give Davidson a clean slate initially, but I I like he has done some things that are not encouraging. He could take away like the waving voice. for Karishov. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't think that
2: they're gonna let him lose, like, if they have that type of coach again because there nobody wants to go see the team anymore. They're not buying tickets. Yeah. Actually That's t- one,
3: didn't they say ticket sales were back up a little bit?
0: They usually I mean,
3: somewhere.
0: They usually get a good boost in December like just for Christmas home. presents. Yeah. But people come home for the holidays and want to go see a game. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm going
3: but to the see Hawks, them in Nashville.
2: But the Hawks, the thing with them is That's they it. don't care until it hits them in the pocketbook. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see we'll see in January and February if they're still scuffling at the bottom of the division. We'll see how many people wanna to, want to go to games. Plus with well, the COVID
2: spikes is going to affect yeah, that too. Well
0: that's that's a whole oh, other God. issue. Yeah. That that that's a whole other thing. Like you've already had two teams had to postpone games this season and like the NHL sent out a memo on Tuesday, just they like canceled Christmas parties across the league. They said yeah. no more uh, yeah. no more autograph sessions. So
3: if they make like, if they don't get to go to the Olympics because people are stupid, I'm going to be, eh, well, I want to see the best on best. I I'll think go-
2: uh, Prepare uh, the Bulls games are even suffering in attendance because of the spikes because they should be selling out right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the actual good team in town.
2: I mean, they're, they, they're fun. Don't they have the same record as my Milwaukee Bucks? I don't know, but, but I, they have Lonzo Ball, and he has me making easy boost moves in my Reeboks <laughs> or whatever that rap line is.
0: I, yeah, I don't know what that means, but sounds sounds like you're having a good time, so enjoy it. It's
2: fucking sick.
0: <laughs> All right, and really quick, I do want to say one thing on the positive side of things. I do, I am intrigued by Josiah Slavin, who was called up today. It sucks that Kershev's the one that went down, but I'm <laughs> intrigued to see what Josiah Slavin does. That Actually, only would happen to us. Yeah, Betsy, what'd you say?
3: I was going to say I'm really excited for him, too, because I liked him in college, but um, when he said today... The funniest, like, he, he was like, one, I'm not a pretty skater. And that's very true. He's effective, but not a good, not a pretty skater. And then his brother called him, a, was like, he's a big boy like me. And I just want to say that hockey players calling themselves big boys is a choice um, <laughs> that I find amusing. Okay. <laughs> oh, I say uh,
1: that about Steve. I'd take a quick note and just be speaking of wave, uh, waving people. R.I.P. that gang.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Sorry. The,
1: fu- the
2: funeral is Thursday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to um, we're going to do an Irish goodbye, Brian Kelly style. So uh,
2: Dave, Dave and I are going to go out on on. Uh, well, probably more Adam Street because Madison's too conspicuous. And we're going to pour out a shot like on the ground.
0: we we need. We need what's uh, we need a booze that starts with G for the Godette gang. Goldschlager. Uh, there we go. There it is. Goldschlager. I was
2: style. I was thinking we'll just show up with like a couple of 40s.
0: <laughs> uh, okay
2: i mean we want to fit the west side like narrative you know
0: yeah all right yeah yeah uh really i just i don't know. I, I just thought i thought they could have got something and, and they just they decided you're, you're just gonna sit in the press box and then we're gonna let you go to ottawa so i was gonna kick
2: us. ass in a couple of years yeah
0: yeah i'm sure he's gonna win the heart trophy in 2025 so whatever we're 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 okay sky we're,
2: point deck gang
0: yeah, yeah, it was fun for three weeks while it lasted. So,
2: Dave, we got to find a new player to like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't I? I like, well, remember we did our preseason stuff? I, didn't I say something about Kubelik having a, a below average year? So, I
2: liked, uh, hey, right like,
0: I said rmt girl, that gag. Why are you targeting team cubes right now? I, I what don't want to do it. I just want to say, I want to say I got something right. Well, I don't, I'm not even happy about getting that right. Like, I just, I don't know. Sorry I'm I'm, ups- I'm upset about the disbanding of the Godet Gang cuz sorry it doesn't travel to Ottawa.
2: We'll do a reunion show in like 10 years.
0: Yeah, when, we'll we'll have to find out whenever the Hawks play the Senators next and we'll uh we'll we'll go to the game. We'll get our Godet jerseys that we don't have, we'll have to make them. Um when we see when Ottawa comes to town. I don't know. Well uh Didn't they come to town already? No. Yeah, oh yes, fuck, they didn't. All right, next season. Yeah, they played, they played early. The first, yeah, never mind. That was
2: wasn't that their first win? That All was right,
0: the well, first win. <laughs> well, by next season, Godet won't be in Ottawa anymore. God, our luck is terrible. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're bad at this. What? no do listening to this. I'm sorry.
3: The I'm next apologize. time the Hawks play Ottawa is in March. So you. Yeah, really but it's mean. in Ottawa, and I, yeah, exactly. You just have having-
0: like I, the Godet gang doesn't travel across borders. I mean, <laughs> we can. They might not. They,
2: they might not let us in. <laughs>
0: You know, the, also that, um, all right. I, we do have one question I wanted to get to from the SCH commentary act, Cause I thought it was a very interesting question is from drop the puck, uh, f- frequent commenter, uh, a frequent part of the SCH community. Wanted to know why is there so often a difference between viewpoints of a player's performance as seen through the eye test and as determined by analysis and statistics, uh, the case in point was Seth Jones and the sharks game. Because they thought that Jones played well, the analytics say otherwise, um, obviously limited by seeing what the camera's pointing at. What's the source for data upon which stats and analytics are derived? Clearly someone's looking at something other than what I'm able to watch. So I, I guess the first half of that question is is the, the, the meat of it is uh, why is there a difference between why is there so often a difference in viewpoints between the eye test and the analytics and statistics? And I think the short answer to that question is that it so often depends on the eye, whose eye test you are listening to, um, because it's it's not I don't think it's always a, you know, not always the case that eye test and analytics don't match up. That's not always true. I mean, go back to the Hawks in their heyday they look like they kicked ass and they kicked ass analytics in the analytics world. Like Marion Hosa is, yes. is, is both. The eye test is good. The analytics are good. I think the, the issue comes up is just sometimes it's, it's like an element of confirmation bias that you, you see what you want to see. You may miss things that you don't want to see. And it's, it's, uh, it's very hard to train your eye to be objective. I think would be the answer to that. And you have to watch a lot of hockey and a lot of any sport to be able to pick up on some of the nuances. And this is where I wanted to throw this to Betsy because you were talking about in our in our pre-show uh, production meeting. You were talking about you've done some like reviews of tracking data so there that your eye test might be different from the other three of ours because of the work you've done. So I wanted you to elaborate on
3: that. So, Well, I was just going to say, I was just saying that like, my eye test matches analytics a lot. And I think maybe it is because I've peer reviewed stuff before. Um, you peer reviewed like the
0: compiling of analytics data.
3: Yeah. we're When okay. we're, when people were first starting to do it and it's, it wasn't like Corey or anybody like that, but it was, Hey, we're starting to do this. Can you double check my work to make sure we're seeing like that I'm tracking correctly that way you have more than one person doing something. And, um, lots of people track now, by the way, I mean, even I was, I wanted to say like the guy that runs the shy prospects Twitter, um, I think he's a really young, I think he's like a high school kid actually. He, um, did some tracking of some ice hogs games recently. And I was really impressed by (laughs) wanting to do that. Um, but anyway, once you, it's just what you look for. I think it's like what you get into it for. And this isn't to say that people who aren't into analytics are going, hey, I know what, a, I can tell that like the zone entries or the that's going to be a high danger pass or that's going to be a four check with possession or whatever. I, It's not to say people who don't track that way don't have good eye tests. It's just a different way of watching the game to me. Um, but I feel like most of the time my eye test matches in result stats, which are typically the shot stats, which are the high level one, but also part of the reason I like micro stats is because they can tell you the nuances of it. Like why did so-and-so look good? Like Seth Jones is a good example because he generally looks pretty good when he's playing. um, But everybody watching can tell that his defensive foundation is not the best like he's got some issues, but that he makes up for it with his athleticism. He gets back on plays. He's bigger, stronger, faster. Um, It's part of the reason why he was pretty good at zone entry defense is because he could knock people away or position them out of the way pretty well, even if his gap wasn't the best, you know? Um, But he's really good offensively. So that makes up for it a lot. And like I said, if, earlier, if the Hawks had possession more, I don't think we would care that much that Seth's foundation defensively isn't the best. Um, He'd have the puck so much, who cares? It wouldn't matter. But either way, I just, I don't think that the eye test and stats shouldn't match. Um, I think it just, like you said, it depends on who's watching, but most of the time you really have to, like I view them as complementary to each other and they give you a better picture sometimes I'll watch a game and then go to the stats and go, okay, that's different than what I thought. And I'll accept that as truth. Or I'll try to look beyond, well, why did I see it differently? That kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Anybody. And I think if you talk to anybody that is open-minded about the analytics and the eye test debate, they will acknowledge that both are both have merit as long, like as long as like the eye test is good. And also like you have to trust that the people doing the analytics are good. Um, that like you can, like, any if anybody tells you that analytics are the only thing that matters, they're probably wrong. And that there are people that tell you the eye test is the only thing that matters, they're probably wrong too. And I would encourage you, I talked about this with uh Jack, who's known on Twitter as JFreshHockey, he's one of the big uh, you see his player cards all over the internet. I we specifically talked about this because I've been very intrigued by this too. And he was the one that you know talked about what he sees and what he uh, what he sees and what the data tells him. And, but as to Betsy's point, like eventually, if you watch, like the ones that are tracking data, if you watch a game and you're just watching it to see if a player can dump in the puck and retrieve it themselves, or if a teammate retrieves it, if you watch that and only that while you're compiling this data, eventually you just, you, you are, you'll be watching a game and you'll see it and you'll acknowledge it in the back of your mind. And to the extent that someone who if you're just watching the game, uh, someone will dump the puck and retrieve it themselves and you won't even notice that that was what happened. It just it's it's kind of like the phenomenon of uh, if you have a Chevy Cruze or if you buy a Chevy Cruze and you're driving on the highway, you will start seeing more Chevy Cruises because you recognize them because you're driving one as well. It's a similar concept to that, I think.
3: Yes. And can I, I was going to make one more point because I try to bring it up a lot because people are always like, well, stats and eye tests don't mix. Microstat tracking or um, any type of tracking like that is very similar to a job that exists in hockey, which is video coaches. That is their main job is to break down videos in that exact same way. The only thing microstat people are doing is adding they're quantifying those events.
0: And when you say macro stats, that's stuff like zone, like zone Zone
3: entries, passes, passes. check for check, um, puck retrieval, puck battles. If it happens on the ice, somebody is probably quantifying it somewhere. It depends on who you go to, like sports logic and, um, a bunch of the, the like proprietary ones, they track like everything. Like they have all the shit. Okay. Yeah, like
0: in sports logic's data is only available to people who work for the athletic, which kind of sucks because if they had it available, I'd pay for it because I I would love some of that data.
3: I think isn't aren't they I'm pretty sure there it's anybody who's a jour, like if you have a journalist you can pay for it. Um okay. I don't know if it's just the athletic I feel like Charlie um, from like he does like he quotes <clears throat> it sometimes too. But either way, just it's an interesting thing because that's where if you like uh, the eye test and you're a little questionable on stats, that's where they meet up the best to me. Because um, it's literally somebody watching a game and tracking what's happening.
0: Shay, I wanted to bring you in. Do you have any other thoughts to add to this whole thing?
1: Jones was relatively fine in that Sharks <laughs> game to, to tackle the second half of that question. He was uh, he, his, his metrics weren't great compared to his offensive zone start percentage, and that's something I pay attention to in terms of analytics is like how much... Offensive zone start percentage is this guy getting like, and and do like his his uh, possession stats measure up? And with the Blackhawks, a lot often, very often, they don't. Um, But that's something I weigh heavily in my mind. Uh, Yeah, so not a big eye test person because I I'm not a person who like sometimes I watch hockey and I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, I'm not an X's and O's person. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't, it's very fast. It's a very fast game. And it's, it's not like football or soccer where like, oh yeah, I understand completely where this is going. These guys are are moving pretty slowly. Especially in like soccer where you like fully understand at all times what's going on. Um, yeah. So I test it's like, are they, do they have the puck on on their stick? Do they look comfortable with it? Do they look, um, like they're going to be able to possess it or are they going to do they look like they're going to lose it. And a lot of the times in that game, Jones looked like he was going to lose the puck and he just was never able to secure it. And that's what I was watching was like
0: mm.
1: on, on the to cat pass. And then I believe he was the one at the blue line with the empty netter. He just did. He, the inability to secure the puck in those moments is
3: well, that I feel
0: like the break, it does a spinning blind yes. to the middle of the ice. and like, I I know maybe Jones can do a little better, but, like... Other defensemen could have secured that. Well,
3: Jones Jones occasionally makes choices. Um, So I'll go ahead and say that I haven't minded Jones at all this season, especially offensively. I thought he's been really good that way. And I haven't minded him that much defensively as the games have gone on. And he's had very few like shit games to me Um, and every, even number one defenseman, even Norris caliber defenseman will have shit games every once in a while. But I think it's okay for people to point out when his game isn't that great. Um, He was fine. He wasn't great. He was fine. Um, But on that play, he, he like tried to poke check it instead of uh, playing the, like he played the puck instead of the body. That was his problem and it took him out of the play.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and my, my argument for that is always like, like Jones compounded the problem, but the problem doesn't exist and it doesn't.
3: Yes. it, And also, honestly, Kane, like just like looped around and didn't do anything at the top either. And he could have tried to stop it, too, but he didn't. So it was like all three of them did not great things. But you're right. It, the trigger problem was debrinkit's pass.
0: Yeah. And Shay, did you have anything else on the iTest first analytics thing before I, I wanted to bring Mill in?
3: Yeah, it's just
1: yeah. There's there's gonna be people who listen to both, but like if you listen to eye test more than you listen to analytics, that's how you end up with paying Nikita Zadorov four million dollars.
0: Yeah, unless you've got a really 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 good eye test. Like there's I don't I don't doubt that there are people out there and like like that have compiled analytics data before or just have watched an insane amount of hockey and just know it when they see it. And I'm sure I'm sure some of the Blackhawks European scouts that are, that we've extolled on this podcast several times. Some of them just have, some people just have an eye for it. They know what it's supposed to look like when it's good and they can identify it. And it is a hell of an ability to have. I certainly don't feel like I have it, which is why the more analytics data that comes out, I kind of lean on it a little bit more because, you know, because you you want them to line up and something I, the, the analytics usually tell me my eye is still off. So. I haven't watched enough hockey yet, so I guess i got to watch more. But I wanted to throw to Mill at the end because I know Mill has watched a lot of hockey, a lot of games at the United Center, so I was intrigued by your thought on this whole thing.
2: Yeah, I, I'm i definitely like a both type of person from my own eye test, not from other people's, um, and that the reason for that is because what's nice about analytics is they're a quantitative statistic, whereas you can't really quantify somebody's eye test. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah, it's I,
0: qualitative, I, not quantitative. We're, we're busting out all the big words. Well,
2: it's just like, you can't like somebody says, well, oh, this guy had a good game because of the eye test. It's like, well, what does that mean? And I think that you you need to provide context. So like mm-hmm. I would um, ask people who are very into eye test stuff to try to watch the game as if you're coaching. That's kind of what helps me. Mm-hmm. So like uh, a, a example that comes to mind is uh, I remember a couple of years ago when they brought Campbell back, And Quenville, if Crawford was starting, he would trust him to play on his off wing. And so when they're dropping back to play defense and some coaches, if they were trying to, if the Hawks were trying to keep pucks to the outside, which is what they Q did, uh, they would notice, okay, uh, Campbell's on his off wing. If he turns the wrong way uh, to, to try to, you know make the play we're going to get a cut between him and the the, you know whoever's playing the middle usually taves out there whatever and and they're going to get uh, a lane to the net things like that so you can say oh this guy had a shitty game it's like well look at the strategy look at him you know what the coach has him doing and then look at the bad plays and see what the other coach had him doing it's there's hockey's the hardest sport to try to figure shit out
0: and and that Mel, i think that is a pivotal thing of why the eye test is and, and I feel like this isn't necessarily the eye test. This and this is my my issue with the people that say analytics is everything because the analytics can tell you what is happening, but sometimes you need your eyes to tell you why it's happening. So maybe Brian Campbell's numbers were all shitty in the analytics world because he was playing on his off wing, which is something you would you may not necessarily know unless you were watching the game.
2: Sure. Yeah. That's just kind of my my two cents. Is like the analytics give us really great context to like okay, these specific numbers, and I like them a lot for especially when I'm trying to research players or write articles or whatever. But um, I think it doesn't always help you learn how to watch the game. Yeah, it'll help you look for stuff like they do help. But I think like, they're not going to always tell you like certain guys habits, uh, like with the stick or like how they skate in certain ways in certain situations. And that's more of a coachy thing and I'm very surface level. Like I like this stuff because I'm interested in it, but I don't know shit compared to like, you know, people who actually coach and know what they're doing. But that's just my two senses like maybe have your analytics, you know, pull up like natural stat tricks, a great site to use while you're watching the games for team stats and stuff. And kind of like rewatch plays, slow-mo and, and just try to try to watch it as if you're making adjustments. So yeah, just to wrap things up on that point. Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but I also just want to say I'm not slandering Brian Campbell. He actually played pretty good that year. Uh, a lot of the problem was that he was paired with TVR a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, thank, but, thank uh, you for clarifying because I, I don't want any Brian Campbell. No, we, we
2: we do like 51 fandom here uh, on this podcast. I
0: love Brian Campbell so much. Man, that was fun. Um. All right. Well, like this we we've we've talked about a lot of hockey tonight. So, let's let's put a bow on all the hockey discussion and let's get back to again. Again, we are the internet's best hockey-themed food podcast. So, we have to all all three people that are listening to this that want to get our food take, we we need to deliver. So, Shay, you are on food take responsibility. The floor is all yours. Look, I I respect the cookie. So, <laughs> this is not about that. That's a great start. Respect the cookie.
1: Thanksgiving. This is undebatable. Thanksgiving is a better food holiday than Christmas, hands down. Like it's inarguable. Like Christmas has nothing compared to Thanksgiving in terms of food. Like, Uh, what are you gonna do? A ham? What are you gonna do? A ham? What are you gonna do? Like, what are you doing? Like my father, my father makes lamb, which is not, like probably not a very traditional Christmas. Dinner. No, we do that too. I think that's that's just oh. because I love Julia Child's lamb recipe. But like, nice. if, but most houses, like the traditional like American family Thanksgiving or not not Thanksgiving Christmas, when I think of it, is like ham and maybe like yams. Well, that's that's nothing. Well, hey, to I made
0: the yams for Thanksgiving this year, so don't you start slandering yams because
1: let's not slander. Let's okay. Let's take the yams off because it cancels out. Because they're okay. they're on both it's on both. So a ham versus a turkey and like stuffing and everything else so that's on the Thanksgiving table, and it doesn't compare.
0: I I see I, I think I disagree with you there because like like Turkey's Turkey's tradition, you have to have turkey on Thanksgiving. There's no tradition, there's no integrity, you don't fuck with tradition. Every other letter can quote I can think of. Uh but like a turkey has a pretty low turkey tops out as like a third line winger.
1: Like it's, it's I disagree. It's I think I think turkey can be a franchise player if you make it right.
0: Yes, honey, honey baked or a honey baked ham or like a glazed ham. No, blows turkey out of the water. No,
1: come on, Uh, no, like it's too sweet to like. After a little while of eating it, it's too sweet. Thanksgiving, uh, turkey never has that problem on Thanksgiving. You never, like, are, like, this is, I can't eat any more of this. It's like, yeah, keep keep going. Like, especially because gravy exists and a gravy on a sugar-baked ham?
0: Ugh. Do you, yeah, you, don't put gravy on, you put gravy on mashed potatoes. You can have hashed potatoes at, or, uh, at your Christmas dinner as you, as your Thanksgiving one.
1: But you can have, you can also have gravy on, th- on turkey, and that makes turkey insanely better. Tra- oh. Gravy is arguably the best line mate in the world. Gravy is Chris Kunitz.
3: <laughs> no, no, the turkey is Chris Kunitz. the gravy is Sidney Crosby, because the <laughs> gravy know, is better. Yeah,
1: that's better. True. But but Turkey, Turkey can play with Sidney Crosby. Uh, and Ham is Phil Kessel, because because Ham can't play with Sidney Crosby. Don't you I
3: think don't you think? Ham is like Malkin. Malkin, he can play by himself. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Ham
1: is Malkin though.
3: But especially it, if, especially we,
1: if Turkey is just—we need to stop school.
3: calling. <laughs>
1: I said, why
0: do we become I, a Penguins podcast? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It, even, it, and,
3: it's because Shay had to find a player that wasn't actually very good to be the turkey, oh, and the only oh, one he could. No, do students, oh, I said I. Let me, let me say player. this.
1: I said best line mate in the world for Turkey for, but, for um, gravy. but it, but um, it was it was elevate. It's elevated by by the play of, of gravy. Yes, but that's because. Um, but also,
3: again ham isn't elevated ham is made worse turkey is like by the best wanna, player let's bring it back to the blackhawks turkey is like Zeus and the gravy is like Kane. okay normally Zeus would be a fourth line player so turkey's a fourth line player but ham is then brad richards but hanzus wasn't a
1: fourth line old. player in his day
3: yeah well getting back to this turkey is <laughs>
1: better than ham turkey like again ham is garbage at a certain point it becomes
0: garbage (laughs) i don't need either so i
2: don't really have a horse in this race if you Um,
0: uh, if you make i mean you can dry out a turkey and turkey can be pretty awful too like if you if you cook okay okay. at the the peak of making turkey is better than ham. i at
3: uh, their peaks hard to say
1: Look, hard I like, disagree. That
0: you hard disagree. Thanksgiving's <laughs> better than Christmas, just like as an overall holiday. Because like Christmas is the end of everything, Thanksgiving is the start. But I like I, I don't even I'm not even gonna argue that Christmas is the better meal. But like the fact that Christmas, you're telling me Thanksgiving blows Christmas out of the water. i yes, it
1: does. I know,
0: no way stuffing. You know I think, stuffing. That's where it comes down to.
1: Let's let's I actually part let's of those Stuffing and pumpkin pie, and that's the it. Thanksgiving.
3: That's all I say. Have pumpkin pie at Christmas. No, you
1: can't. No. no, you can't. Who's having pumpkin pie at Christmas?
3: Uh, we do. Can we <laughs> oh, but you're
0: you're in the South. You're in the South. Who in the North is having pumpkin pie at Christmas? I'm not, but I feel like I feel like uh, apple pie comes out at Christmas, and ooh, good warm apple pie. It, so the you can have pecan, pecan. It goes.
3: Did pecan you just quote American Pie? pie? <laughs> and it's the best maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. I I just want to say I think the the dining and overall holiday experience is different and it shifts our perspective of the meal because Thanksgiving kind of rocks because you don't really do anything you eat whenever and you watch football or whatever Christmas is kind of like for me it's more like hectic and there's a lot going on true and there's like basketball which is not as fun as watching football to me for some reason on a holiday.
3: Yeah, but you could watch holiday movies instead. I don't watch sports on these. But days. I can't make I money
1: on holiday movies. <laughs> 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 yeah. I hit, yeah, the, I hit, the,
2: I hit all you three games much
0: on the Home movie. Down. They're gonna end up together. Yeah,
1: what, dude, <laughs> what are you going to bet with your uncle whether or not this is the edited version
2: of Home Alone 2? <laughs> dude, I I straight up like uh my I've never seen one of those, but I heard my mom and my grandma both talking about how they're like, Oh, we were watching it and we got sucked in and then we didn't realize it was like five hours long or whatever. I'm just like that. Doesn't sound like my jam. <laughs> um,
3: Is it like very, are they emotional? Uh, the Home Alone movies? No. No, the I mean, Hallmark. Oh yeah, some Hallmark. of them are.
2: Yeah, so um, I can't do that. I'm. I'm like.
3: If you like, if you like trash stuff, and I unashamedly do like trash TV, so I like Hallmark movies. Give me another Christmas oh. Prince movie, and I'm more trash go. in the music
1: department. Yeah, I I have some recommendations for streaming movies if you want to watch Uh, non-trash. Happiest season is always fantastic. I
3: enjoy non-trash TV, too. I'm just saying I am apparently not too discerning when it comes to (laughs) watching certain things. Um, We all know I love The Masked Singer. Is
2: that trash?
3: I would Ah. consider it a (laughs) trash TV.
2: I've never seen it. It's I've like, seen ads for they've it. They've
3: actually got really good production value for that show. I, the dancers are incredible. Sometimes it's very weird. But anyway, that's a different topic.
0: <laughs> I don't a of speaking of trash, let's get back to Shay's food take about <laughs>
3: Christmas. <laughs> hey. Um, I, I'll just say that uh, the you can have to... Lots of families have turkey at Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuffing, too. Um, if you Google traditional Christmas... Thing. i think wikipedia literally says it's turkey and stuffing and stuff so they it's kind of the same to me um we in the south where i am we have ham at both um the only difference is we don't have turkey at christmas but we have a little we have cornish hens instead um this year we're doing something different um but i don't remember what my mom said it was gonna just, be but just a different type of bird <laughs>
0: I just can't, I just can't get over the idea that. Penguin. <laughs> oh, no, that's. I can't, there's been way too much penguin discussion already. <laughs> so we're certainly not going to start eating them. But I cannot wrap my head around a slandering of Christmas food. It just, man, what is going on? In comparison to Thanksgiving. You much- it is
3: I think that you're you're allowed to have way more, like, like I know you started with, you know, the thing about the cookies but there are way more cookies and, like yeah, and I, feel bread, like, I feel like cookies. the cookies
0: are such so central to the Christmas dinner that you can't just it's like you, you this, this is this is why like, I had to pay respects top the to center. the cookies this is why I had to pay
1: respects to cookies because cookies are like more central in the ho- like in the holidays but they're also not I don't think you would put them on your on your Christmas dinner table
0: where, where okay. else are you gonna put it the oh, on the dessert table yeah,
3: I know I mean come on <laughs> they're all it's the dessert but like it's I you're going to eat them all the time. You're just going to have like a tin of cookies.
0: Yeah, you're going to have a tin of cookies and then you're going to open them on Valentine's Day and they're all going to be rock solid and then you throw them away. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> want to they're put it out there cuz I don't eat it food. but
2: I don't eat any of this stuff so it's hard for me to think about it but, well, you but should now it. that I now that I'm you thinking should. about it uh I think we have ham, turkey, p- roasted pig and lamb on Christmas.
0: Sounds yeah. like- it's um like also a dream right there. Well my yeah, my my, uh,
2: my family celebrates Christmas on January seventh because oh, that's the Serbian yeah, yeah. Orthodox right. Day. Okay. So there's been many years where like my friends will start showing up to eat <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, whatever, like we're having Christmas, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh but they go all out. I mean are we like it's it's pretty ridiculous and probably really unhealthy.
0: Well, that's the point. And then you go, you know, you go to the, you make your, well, it's different with the Orthodox Christmas because you're already into the new year, but that's why everyone makes the new year's resolution of getting in shape because of everything you did to yourself at Thanksgiving and Christmas.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and COVID like where I gained fucking a hundred pounds.
0: If <laughs> <laughs> you drink to that, that's why
2: I gained so much weight.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh <laughs> also the gym
2: was closed for like three months. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That was, or that. more than that, the, I I am still of the opinion gym should have been the last thing open. I agree with that, but I just mean generally speaking, I, like they were just, they were closed.
0: Hey, I'm, and I know the area where you live, though. Just get a bike. There's a bunch of trails. Just just start, just start exploring. I mean, I pay like twenty dollars a month for the gym. Well, cancel that. Take that money. Buy a bike. Dude, I'm Chandler
2: binging the gym right now, or I'm just like not canceling it and not going and then I show up and then they get more of my money.
0: Well uh
3: I like that you use Chandler being as a Do
2: you know what I'm talking about where yes, it's like,
3: 100% it's that that episode where they can't cancel and the hot girl yeah. being there.
2: Is this And the then one? Ross is like he's like okay. I got I got one too and then we got a joint <laughs> checking account.
3: <laughs> it's a good episode. All right, well All right,
0: that, I'm done. Now my friends has come up I have to end the episode. So um, so yeah, <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Amusings on Madison. Uh, thank you for listening to all this insanity. I guess this is what happens when we take a week off. We have to get all the get more uh, uh, sa- insanity out of our system and onto these airwaves. So again, thank you for listening. Um, stay tuned to SecondCityHockey.com. We'll be previewing and recapping and game thread and doing all that good stuff. Uh, that's
2: what What'd you say, Mel? Complaining,
0: complaining. Although there will be complaining. Uh, Betsy had a huge prospect update that dropped on Monday. Uh, Shea covered the Hawks game from Sunday night, so there's there's plenty of content there, uh, and we're we're gonna be we'll, we'll keep writing whatever they play a lot of games. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to write about, so uh, stay tuned to the website for all that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at sch underscore Dave M. Mill is at Mill 182. Shepard is at Shepard Price and betsy's not on twitter but she's at second under the name lbr uh rate review subscribe do all that stuff for the uh for the podcast we much appreciate it wherever it is you get your podcast um i think that's going to do it for this episode thanks to mil Shay, and betsy for hanging out thanks to you for listening and uh we'll talk to you next week i guess yeah yeah let's do that